Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy opening day to all of you who celebrate. Look what I found. But remember, you're on the pitch clock. Also, the Mavs dysfunction junction with conductor Kyrie. Choo-choo, all aboard. And with scoring 51 points, is it even close to the best part of your night? When did you know you had it tonight? <laughs> when I woke up. Let's go around the horn, kiddos. Like um, the whistle goes choo-choo. I'm like, yes. Baseball. I'm not James Earl Jones, but the sport is very important to me, well beyond the major leagues. The one constant through all the years has been American exceptionalism. The years have rolled by like an army of steamrollers. The rules have been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. Today is opening day in the big leagues, and finally, the little guys who play for peanuts have gotten some love. Just let the kids play, Ray. The people will come. The people will most definitely come. Before we get to talking about the actual teams, Pablo, do you think our national pastime can keep or gain any popularity with the new rules? Glenn, I think it's an enormous improvement, the fact that this pitch clock is finally getting unveiled in the major leagues today. And I say that because another constant about this sport is that these games have been so unbelievably long. And anybody who loves baseball, even they have to admit it, three hours and six minutes was the average time of game last season. In spring training, the pitch clock shaved off 29 minutes. So if you're imagining a world, and imagine here with me, Clinton, in which every baseball game does not need to feel like an Avatar sequel, I do believe that America will have, yes, even more to enjoy from, yeah, our oldest Grandest game. Kevin Blackestone, do you think this is going to improve anything? Well, I would ask Pablo, did he enjoy the WBC championship game, the title game? Because if you did, okay. one of the things you'll remember is it was three hours and 18 minutes, right? So what made the game exciting was the drama in it, the way it ended, all the play, the that great plays that happened, exciting. despite the fact that there were six innings that, were, uh, that went by without a score. So will people realize this uh, shortened series and tightening the clocks and everything? Absolutely, they'll realize it. But I think at the bottom of the, at, at, at the, bottom of the ninth inning, things, the thing that people will remember the most is whether or not they enjoy the competition that took place in front of them. David Dennis Jr., your thoughts on where MLB is headed. First of all, Avatar sequel, fantastic movie. Disney never steers you wrong. <laughs> but here's my issue with the pitch clock. Here's my problem. Whales. I have I concerns whales. because in the last couple of weeks, the things that we have seen are a lot of stories about umpires. They've become the story. We have weird eye contact. We have weird ejections. You don't want a league like the NBA where we know Scott Foster by his name. We don't want umpires to be the star of the show. And this is inviting that. But what will actually increase 
the enjoyability of this season, the popularity, is if they do learn from the WBC and let players express themselves and let fans enjoy themselves and have a world where something cool happens in 2023 without some old journalist saying, what about Ted Williams? And we can just enjoy the sport how it's meant to be played. So that is what will increase the game, uh, increase the popularity. If it's a five-hour game, it does not matter as long as we're having fun. WBC already backfiring on big league baseball. Courtney Cronin, your thoughts? What we're seeing a lot less of is standing around, pausing, and I'm here for it. A two-minute, two-hour, 36-minute game for me is the perfect spot for someone who doesn't want to waste a whole ton of time at the ballpark. And I want to see more offense. That's what these rules are geared towards. No shift, the bases are bigger, and the pitch clock. And so one thing I know people are a little concerned about, though, is... Did we get all of the kinks worked out in spring training? I think the answer right now is yes, because you saw two pitch clock violations on average per game the first week of spring training. By the final week of spring training, that was down to one violation per game. The only thing that I agree with Kevin on here about this is the ninth inning. If we've got a close game, let's say any game that's decided between two and three runs, I think in the ninth inning, that's where the pitch clock needs to find its way out of Major League Baseball because you can't rush those moments. You agree with Kevin. Kevin will get the points. Pablo, last word. Well, look, I'll, I'll co-sign the Cronin compromise here. I'll say, yes, ninth inning, close game, turn off the clocks, all good. But when my friend David Dennis Jr. is saying that if it's five hours, people won't mind, I mean, maybe I just have a, I have a dad brain as well as a dad bod at this point. No, man, <laughs> I would like to stay awake for these games, and I do believe that the good news, also alluded to by Courtney just now, is that the feel of it will feel like the 80s, right? More stealing, more running, more fast-paced stuff. It's not just a game designed for new kids with shorter attention spans. The actual pace of play itself should be better. We get a pitch clock on some of these replies. Goodness. The point of the clock, by the way, (laughs) is not just the speed of the game. It's for better quality baseball across the board. Trust me, it works. I go to more ball games than you do. Moving right along to the games and the teams. Everybody is in action today. Aaron Judge, all rise. First pitch he saw today, a lot like 62 pitches he saw last year. At 360 million is already looking okay. The defending champion Astros losing a Verlander and an Altuve for a few months, but still the betting favorites. Mets, and of course, Uncle Steve spending like no other team in New York. But news today that Justin Verlander will start the season on the IL. Could this be the pod's year finally is another question, and can Atlanta get back there? Courtney, what team do you have the highest expectations of? Even though the Mets have a higher luxury tax than 10 teams' payrolls, the team that I think has the biggest expectations on them to win this year is the Los Angeles Angels, and specifically because we don't know whether Shohei Otani is going to remain with the Angels next year, become the first $500 million player in Major League Baseball, or if he's going to become a free agent and go sign somewhere else with one of those teams that has a very high payroll. They've never made the playoffs in his career. He's made it very clear that winning and getting to the postseason is a priority. So if they can finally do it this year, if they can finally put all the pieces together, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, everybody staying healthy, then maybe that yields success that we haven't seen from this organization. But it's the big unknown that sets us up for 2024, whether he's going to remain with the Angels or not. Best way to uh, ensure that or at least get closer to that is to actually win a lot of games this year and get to the postseason. David Dennis, I know you've been combing through baseball prospectus all winter. What are your thoughts on expectations this season? 
first of all, all this, I've been to more games than you. You're not even at opening day. What is so important that's keeping you from those games, first of all, Mr. Yates? Wow. So, in terms of the teams that I have the high expectations for, Padres. They made the NLCS last year, and Tatis was not even playing. He's back, and they signed Bogart. They have a higher payroll than the Dodgers somehow this season. I think that this squad is has this has to be their year to try to do something because they have so much money invested in these players and enough bats to get it done. Kevin Blackstone. Well, as a season ticket holder uh, to, major, to a Major League Baseball team, I go. see quite a few baseball games as well. Um, but I'll say this. I'll go back to what Courtney mentioned about the Angels. You know, they have the two best players in that division. And if they can stay healthy, that's a good thing. They added Hunter, Hunter Renfro, um, Drury, Anderson, Moore. Uh, so that's a better team than they've had before. So I'm expecting some things from the Angels this year that they haven't shown uh, uh, previously. Um, and as far as, you you know, the Astros go, they won 106 games last year. Um, so what, they're going to have a slow start with Altuve and Verlander out. It's a long grind of a season. It's not how you start, it's how you end. Pablo Torre. I, first off, I apologize for not having the disposable income of one Kevin Blackstone <laughs> to afford season tickets to a major league team. My bad, Professor. But I do want to say that you may have understandably thought that I was at Yankee Stadium today for opening day for the Yankees because there was a guy holding a Filipino flag in right field because the new shortstop of my ancestral team is Anthony Volpe, a half Filipino American who is, by the way, the son of a urologist who grew up in the neighborhood I grew up in and also happens to be filling the role that this team has desperately needed while also bringing back Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, who's been mowing down the Giants, by the way. So it's very simple for me, Clinton. The Yankees, I feel a cosmic kinship with them in ways that I have not since I was literally like 12. David Dennis Jr., the reason I'm not at opening days is the same reason I'm not at a lot of opening days that I'm not covering. It's too daggone cold. Sorry. Moving right along to the NBA. The Dallas Mavericks are in absolute free fall. Last night in Philadelphia, the Kyrie and Luka-led squad dropped yet another matchup, allowing the Sixers to shoot 47% from beyond the arc while scoring only 17 fourth quarter points themselves. Considering how much Mark Cuban gave up to get Irving, it's dire. To quote Kyrie, it's not the expectations I don't think any of us had in that locker room. Help us, David. Is there any hope for the Mavs? There is no hope for the Mavericks. Kyrie Irving sounded like a contrite guy, but he also sounded like somebody who's auditioning for his next team for the major contract that's heading his way when he leaves Dallas because that looks like exactly what's going to happen. This team, uh, you know, they brought Kyrie Irving onto that squad, but they got rid of the players they actually need, the 3 and D players. So even, you know, even if they do make it into the play-in, their expectations at the beginning of the season were way higher than where they're going to be, and they're looking at a future without Brunson, without Kyrie, and Luka by himself, counting down until he's out of that team somewhere else. Hey, B, what's going on in your former town? Wow. Well, how about Jalen Brunson? He's in the playoffs. Maybe they should have kept him. Um, you know what? This is something that follows Kyrie Irving around now, right? I mean, he's only been successful with one team and one particular player, and that's LeBron James in Cleveland. And since then, he's flitted around the league, and here's another stop for him, and it is looked like it's going to end uh, dramatically in a disaster, which means not even getting into the play-in game. Uh, so this is a bad look for the Mavericks. I don't know what they do going forward from here, um, but this is not something you can build on for next year. They're going to have to move on. Pablo Torre, your thoughts on the Mavs process? 
Yeah, I'm out on the Mavs here. Look, they lost to a great team in the Sixers, by the way, so no shame in that. But they also lost to the Hornets twice in a row. And the biggest problem here is not even the radioactivity around Kyrie Irving, who is, by the way, radioactive in several real ways that KB just alluded to. It's the fact that they basically rebuilt their own version of the Portland Trailblazers with Damian Lillard as Luka Doncic and now Kyrie Irving as CJ McCollum when he was, you know, on the Blazers and traded away because they realized that having two top-heavy stars in your backcourt without any defense and without any real help gets you nowhere. And so that is, I believe, the, the, the hand that they have dealt themselves, which is incredibly unfortunate. Courtney Cronin, doesn't seem like you're buying Pablo there. What do you think about Dallas? No, I mean, I'm, I'm not buying the whole thing. I mean, a 116.3 defensive rating is atrocious, and this is not something that's just yes. been apparent since Kyrie Irving got there. This is something that they've been dealing with really since, like, December or January. And, frankly, Kyrie Irving in the 16 games that he's played there has been really, really good. 26.3 points, 5.9 assists, 5.1 rebounds per game. Those are not numbers to scoff at. It's everybody else and the issues that we knew would happen. I remember being on this show saying, well, you put two on-ball dominant players together, what are you going to do with the defensive side? When they had to give Dorian Finney-Smith up in that trade to get Kyrie Irving, we could all foreshadow that this would happen. It's reflected in their defensive rating. It's reflected in the fact that they're out of uh, potential uh, seating right now to get into the playoff tournament. It's not a good look, and it's not going to end well. well. Thank you guys for that. In all seriousness, last night, our Jeff Passan reported that for the first time ever, a collective bargaining agreement has been reached with minor league baseball players in this country. That's more base pay, more housing, more meal money, that's all increasing, okay? And much comes with that, all right? It brings with it a generalized sense of dignity as well. For far too long, guys had to basically live in abject poverty in order to pursue their dream. After gutting so many small town American teams, finally, for the sake of the game, Major League Baseball won't be literally eating its young. Amen. Fire sales tax, kiddos. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport, brought to you by Chase. Not only are they in the playoffs for the first time in 16 years, they've also clinched home court in round one. Mike Brown is sneakily the coach of the year for my money, and Light the Beam is the best bit going in the league. Pablo, 
You seem to be in the business of terrible basketball predictions. How do you think the Kings okay. can actually go? So first off, how dare you? Uh, Second sorry, off, oh. the, the conference finals, Ooh. I think, is where the Ooh. Kings can go, Clint. Yeah. And look, I say this because they have the greatest offense in NBA history, which is fantastic. But they have the worst defense among any playoff team by far. And so this team, which has all NBA talent and a coach of the year, it's tremendous. They just, I think, tap out after about two series because in the postseason, you know, you actually game plan for the same team upwards of, you know, four to seven times, which is a very different proposition than what they're doing right now. Would you say that these points are fairly or unfairly Dickinson (laughs) being taken away from you? Kevin Blackestone, your thoughts on this game? Altogether. Well, it's great for the Kings. It's great for that city, Sacramento. I remember back in the day when they, they had Chris Webber out there and they were winning games and came so close to knocking out, knocking out the Lakers. Um, it's a great basketball town and good for them to build this roster. I wish other teams <coughs> could build a roster with young players, like young, exciting players like the Aaron Fox and the rest of those guys. Pick up a Kevin Herter who can really shoot the ball. They'll be dangerous in the playoffs. How far will they get? I don't think they're going to get out the West. David Dennis Jr., Okay, let's start with the good. Mike Brown, yes, coach of the year. Known as a defensive coach, but coaching the best offensive team in the league. So that's a tremendous accomplishment for him. We think about these Kings as a ragtag team, but Fox and Sabonis are going to be all NBA players. And they're, you know, top 10 sort of MVP type of candidates. But the bad here is the seeding, the unluckiness of the Kings. They might play the Warriors or the Clippers in the first round, which, you know, if they're not stopping those teams defensively, they might not make it out the first round. Courtney Cronin, is this Kings team for real to you? Like Pablo, I made a prediction. Tough start. I know. I, I'm, I'm start. sorry about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and out myself. On ESPN Radio, That's right ahead of the second half of the season, I called the Kings frauds. And this one Twitter fan on Twitter, <laughs> 91 Stinnett, here's your moment. I'm eating crow because he tweets at me every single time they win and tells me to light the beam. So I'll go ahead and do that because I go back to 2022. Right ahead of the deadline, they made that trade for Sabonis, one of the best offensive centers in the NBA, and it's led them to where they are right now. 118.9 points for 100 possessions, the best mark in NBA history. So yeah, they can score a lot, but defensively, if they made it to the finals, that would be a historically bad defense. So I'm willing to go somewhat. Light this beam. Moving right along to college (laughs) basketball. In the least shocking news of college hoops this year, Iowa's Caitlin Clark was named Naismith Player of the Year and AP Player of the Year. Impossible to argue with the numbers and hard to argue with the way she's carried Iowa to the Final Four. But Aaliyah Boston in South Carolina and Angel Reese, a double-double machine for LSU, also both in the Final Four. Courtney, pick up the pieces. Any objections or hesitations? No, because Caitlin Clark has statistically been the most dominant player this season, the only player in the women's game to average 20 points, five rebounds, five assists per game. And you go back to what she did in the Elite Eight against Louisville, a 40-point triple-double that was the moment she became the only player ever, men's or women's game, to score 900 points and have 300 assists in a season. Aaliyah Boston has been terrific, but that roster is loaded, so her stats look a little bit less this year. David Dennis Jr., your thoughts on these awards? Yeah, it's hard to argue against against Caitlin Clark. 
uh, as Courtney mentioned, a 900 point, 300 assists. She had a 30 and 15 game, which hasn't happened. But man, oh man, this is lighting a fire up under those at South Carolina squad and Aaliyah Boston. They are going to be determined to prove who they feel is the actual player of the year. It is going to be a hard uphill battle for Kaitlyn Clark to win that game. The rules, you mentioned somebody else's point, they get the point. Kevin Blackstone, your thoughts? I mean, this is a great ending to a great college season uh, on the women's side. And I'll just say this. I mean, I've seen Caitlin Clark. I've made a point to see Caitlin Clark each of the last two years. She's fantastic. But I got to give a shout out to Angel Reese not getting more love. She had five 2020 games this season. She had about 28 double-doubles this year. I mean, she was incredible moving a position, even though she looks like she's always in the paint, with LSU. And uh, and she's going to win one of these awards uh, maybe in the next couple of years. She's that good. Pablo Torre, time for a desperation heave. Look, speaking of points, I heard that Pablo Torre guy making some great points earlier. PabloTorre.com, I believe, is where you find him now. He's fantastic, really great, like Caitlin Clark is. The greatest scorer in the country, leading the, the nation in assists as well. Aaliyah Boston, Defensive Player of the Year, is a force. I do not want to play against her. I am terrified of what they're going to do to Iowa, but Caitlin Clark, man, and she talks trash, and you got to lip read her during these games. It is entertainment and skill, and yeah, she's the rightful winner. Good points. Yeah, it's tough to argue against that. Pablo, I love you, but we all know what happens in March with you. Courtney, thank you. Have a great day. Look who it is. The professor against the professor. Showdown's up next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. David Dennis Jr., Kevin Blackstone, class is in session. The list of NBA players who have randomly put up 50 points in a regular season game continues to grow. Last night, the Bucks drew Holiday 51 in a victory over the Pacers. Shout out to Tony Delk, by the way. Also in the game, a 38-point triple-double from Giannis. David, what was more impressive? I got to go with Drew Holiday because this is not actually really random. He's had a couple of 40-point games already this season. 
And this guy, quiet as is kept, may be the best defensive player on that team. Kevin Blackstone? Man, everybody's scoring 50 points this year. Big deal. The big deal is Giannis. Just broke Paul Presley's assist record for the Milwaukee Bucks. Shows you just how much this guy's game has grown. Nobody's does everything. 50 points on this show, but that's another matter. Moving right along. Anthony Richardson pro day today, and check this out. His throw hit the roof. Consensus is that it was intentional, you know, showing off the arm a little bit. Could be a real bad sign or a real good one. But Kevin, since he hit the roof, I gotta ask you, what's his ceiling? <laughs> ask Michael Jordan, but I'd say right now, if Frank Reich likes big quarterbacks, this is his guy. Who's bigger? Who's stronger? Who can throw a ball into the roof? Maybe put a hole in it other than this guy. Pick, wow, David Dennis. I mean, his ceiling is, is up there right behind, I think, C.J. Stroud. 17 passing touchdowns, nine rushing touchdowns. The only problem is he is a raw, raw talent, so his ceiling may be the floor, but the basement may be the attic <laughs> under. One of you had some words for me about going to baseball games. The other one of you puts their money where their mouth is. Kevin Blackstone, take the win. Oh, thank you very much. And as we're about to close out the college basketball season, I just want us to appreciate the women's game for being the game that it is. One of the things I saw written about Caitlin Clark's 40 triple piece was that it was the first done in men's or women's. No, it was just the first in the NCAA tournament. Doesn't matter. And when you're talking about how great she is, we don't need men who play the game to verify and validate her greatness. She's doing that on her own, as are all the other women who are playing this game right now. My only complaint, get the officiating up to the speed of how well these women play and how well the coaches coach, because it is atrocious. Paul KB, that's going to do it, folks. Thanks for coming around. We're on a 23 and a half an hour break. We'll see you tomorrow.